Welcome to Adventures in Lollygagging. Uh, we are playing Wondering Second Edition tonight. We are continuing our Waking of Angmar campaign. Uh, we're going to spend the first 45 minutes uh, talking about Rings of Power. Uh, and because uh, I assigned everyone here homework, uh, they had to watch Rings of Power and uh, they had to be ready for a quiz. Uh, so, first question for that quiz uh, Have you all watched it? Who has not watched it? I have not. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I watched so, 20 minutes. So really, Melissa is the only one who passed, mm-hmm. and it's because I was there watching it, and so she was... Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, well, the amount of detention I had during school because I mm-hmm. didn't do my homework would be... <laughs> it's not fit for talking about on this channel. Well, you know, uh, I was about to go into this whole joke about how, you know, if you really want to watch a show that has to do with, like, you know, spinoff stuff, or like, really, it's our show? But no, I can't I can't do that now because uh, we got three frauds, uh, three other <laughs> frauds uh, right now. Uh, but oh, well, uh, anyway. Uh, hello, vampire. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, hey, Zorro. Um, I agree, Zorro. It's... Uh, I I am cautiously optimistic. Things there's some things I really liked about it. Uh, a couple things didn't, as you might expect. I'm not going to spoil it for reels because that would be very rude. Uh, but I will be coming back, and uh, I've enjoyed uh, I enjoyed it for what I've seen so far. Uh, okay, uh, let's see. Let's uh, how do we do this thing? Uh, let's uh, dive into some character intros. We're gonna do some fellowship phase stuff today. We're gonna pick uh, their next adventuring phase. Maybe do a journey or parts of a journey. Uh, and uh, go from there. So, uh, Long, tell us about Floy. What do you think? Yeah, I'm playing Floy, young adventure dwarf. He's a treasure hunter. Just got his new Mithril cleanse. He's a pretty proud owner of it now. Goes around bragging about it, the glow on it. And wields a nice battle axe with it. He's perfect. I really enjoy how, how Floy is basically a very superficial guy gets his hair done, wears the perfume stuff and like gets all like the really fancy looking armor. Now it's all cleaned up and he's just all about appearances. He's the 10 day mithril cleanse. Yeah, that's <laughs> a good one. I like that. Uh, okay. Next up, we've got Gilly. Ashley, tell us about Gilly. Uh, I'm playing Gilly Kettlegrass and she is our Brie Hobbit. Um, yeah, she is very grateful that things went well last time um it was really stressful combat situation but she's glad that things between um balavan and sorendir are settled and that erebon has was well, as good as it's gonna get for now but, but erebon has actually you know stepped into his other name of serendor and opened up with us a bit i'm sorry what'd you call him sorendir serendor you said Serendir. I'm terrible with me. Okay. I, my glasses <laughs> aren't on, and no he doesn't have his name in uh, Zoom. In Zoom. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a rookie mistake. Okay. <laughs> I'm so bad at that. I always forget. <laughs> this mm-hmm. is our cheat. Definitely. Like, oh names. shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whenever I'm, whenever I'm a player and, no, and people don't put their names up in Zoom, I'm like, come on, put your damn name up on Zoom. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to ask. I normally that's get so it about a half hour day. into the show. <laughs> so see, that's the like, secret, Sauron dear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. I think I was pronouncing it Sorendir. Is that how? That's how I was pronouncing. That's it. how but you then, were saying it. Yeah. But then Stephen told me I was doing it wrong. Uh, and then 
he was like, but actually yours sounds better than what I was doing. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. With Soren, dude. It does sound better. We're going with it. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. Sounds great, no matter what, and it's and it's great. Uh, and uh, next time we, when we go to the, I think what we're going to find out is when we go to the next Elf City. Suddenly, they know him by Sauerndir. There's like a completely different name. So every Elf City we go to, he's just a total crook, and he's a thief and, <laughs> and a con man. And every he has a different name in every port. He's got a wife at a, each dock, you know. Yeah, he's gonna, they're going to show up like, <laughs> where you been? And sh- holding up these little little pointy elf kids. Uh, all right. Uh, next up, we've got Arineal. Uh Melissa, tell us about Arineal. Uh So Arineal is our Ranger of the North champion. Um, she is still uh, lugging around this uh, Morgul blade. To what end, she is not entirely sure, but she's got it in her bag. And she is getting a new cloak this session. They're all out of tapestries here. Uh, this is a beach town, and no one really makes cloaks here. Uh, really, everything they just make sails and like you know uh, beach umbrellas and stuff. There's no actual cloaks. I'm sorry, sorry to say. Uh, or maybe the cloak is just like a big old tropical towel, and it's just like these puffy <laughs> things. Oh no, that'd be, that'd be great. yeah. Being a uh, range a ranger sans cloak for the last. Uh, a couple of episodes I feel like is very odd for Renew. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, was it, I think it was Sorendir or Erebon who was the reason you don't have a cloak anymore. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, let's uh, go ahead and It introduce... was for the good of the party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, and so the artist formerly known as Erebon, Sorendir. Steven, tell us about your character. Uh, hello, everyone. I am Steven, and I am playing Sorendir, Child of Eru, Ex-Exile of Linden, Warden of Eriador, Drinker of Water, and Giver of Gold. Stealer of Cloaks. Stealer, burner of Cloaks. I didn't burner actually steal cloaks. it. I, she could have had the fragments back. Oh. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. So Here's your cloak back. Destructure of property. Something like that. <gasps> to all the twits, thank you so much. Uh, Go ahead, Melissa. Keep track of the infinite number of bonus dies. They are we, not infinite. We there started are talking about this in one of our other games, how there always just seems to be this unending supply. And I don't think it's really unending. I just think it's Melissa uh, cheating, uh, which is uh, which is what nope. she does all the time. Nope. We have very, very, very generous viewers. That is definitely true. But those two things are not mutually exclusive. We can have both generous viewers and you could be a cheater. Uh, those two things can happen at the same time. In theory, those two things could happen. But really, the answer here is just the generosity of our viewers. Melissa will, will, would never even give me the in theory thing when we have these things off air. She wouldn't even give me the in theory <laughs> thing. She's like, no, no, I won't. like, all right, okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, so let's dive in. Uh, so last time around, as, as has already been alluded to, uh, Floyd was able to finish his uh, his his ritual mithril cleanse. Uh, and like we picked up right as that ritual was finishing, uh, you all had a rush back uh, across the, the Gulf waters to the uh, to the port of Forlan uh, because there was the thunderstorm that was uh, on the horizon, a very violent one. Uh, and there was also you also saw another one of those ships with dark sails that was kind of crossing and using crossing over the Gulf using the thunderstorm, sort of the cloak itself, uh, and eventually it disappeared. 
You rescued two elves, if you recall, who were in some kind of strange trance uh, as they were kind of remaining in their boat as the storm rolled in. It was like kind of threatening to capsize them. Linguindil and Thunmen were their names. And they seemed to have difficulty distinguishing memory from dream and from like the present moment. Uh, you got them out of there. You brought them back. And then you waited out this this horrible thunderstorm. Think of it like tropical storm style of... Uh, you know, well, I think that's probably only useful to a few of us. Sorry, uh, Ashley and Long. I don't think you have any familiarity with what a tropical storm might be. Uh, but a very, very, very bad thunderstorm. Uh, so back in the city of Forland, you waited out the storm. You had quarters that are assigned to you. And then one of Balavan's, uh, Sorendir's uh, old friend, uh, one of the, their guards arrived. Uh, uh, Hendenar was his name. He returned alone. And there was some worry that was starting to spread through some of the people within town, including Lady Ortolos and, uh, and Amdarim. Uh, you uh, you learned that they had discovered some cliffs uh, were infested with goblins right under the noses of uh, of the elves of, uh, of Forland. And uh, Balavan decided to take his small group of, of guards. There were only like about four of them, I think, three or four of them in total. He sent one of them back. Uh, and the rest of them sort of exploring these uh, the, the, these cliffs and discovered there's a very, very large goblin colony. Now, the rest of you kind of rushed to help uh, and eventually sort of explored those cliffs as well. And you found uh, a not insignificant amount of goblins, many of whom were already killed, as it looks like Balavan and the guards were able to take a bunch out before they eventually fell overwhelmed by the numbers of goblins. Also, these goblins were doing these weird things with crabs. They had these crab swarms that they had trained or some in some way. Um, so uh, it was a, a sort of a very big battle in the middle of this, this underground, uh, under, under underground, not cave is probably overstating it, but, uh, this little kind of colony of goblins, you freed Balavan and some of the other, uh, some of the other elves. Then you went back to Forland and you started recuperating from the wounds and from the poison because all these goblin weapons had poison on them. Uh, we saw a nice scene between Balavan and Sorendir where some of these, um, some hatchets were buried, though there was still some iciness there, but it looks like uh, they're talking again at the very least. Uh, but ultimately, that is where we left off. Uh, so do we want to just dive right into the fellowship phase? Because I think that's the plan for today. We're going we're gonna to do some fe- fellowship phase stuff. Do we want to just dive right into that? Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, so uh, we'll go through this step by step again. Let's make sure we do everything we're supposed to do. Uh, set duration, I'm going to say a couple weeks as storms continue to crash uh, onto the, the cliffs uh, around Forlond. Uh, we're staying here in Forlond. We've already decided that. And now we got to do some updates and we're going to do some undertakings. So let's start with updates then. Uh, you all had, you earned eight skill points and eight adventuring points. So let's uh, just do our usual thing where we kind of go around describing how those are spent, like give us a scene or two that you might have done uh no roles or anything required that might either help explain why you're increasing a skill or increasing adventuring some sort of adventuring point or something like that or it like flashes back to like a previous situation so does anybody want to start us off with that so Arineal is going to ask around to sort of find out who is sort of the best with a bow. So she's looking to do some kind of skills training with her bow. 
Oh, okay. Uh, well, in fact, you actually would probably want to talk to Balavan, uh, being one of the the principal, one of the captains of the guard, uh, mm-hmm. with here, and they will direct you. Uh, not not themselves, um, but there is a yeah. There is a kind of a. a no, how to describe her? Like have a red-headed elf with sort of fairly kind of tan-colored skin, um, eyes that kind of seem like, despite the uh, kind of the perfect nature of elf elvish skin, uh, eyes you can tell have a lot of age to them. You can tell that she's she's significantly older, um, and she's described. She's given the name Sulatol, and although she's known to be a um, a superb archer. Uh, primarily, what she's been doing lately is woodworking, and just so she makes bows, she works on works on the ships. She does what looks like some kind of um, sculpting and things. She'll she'll get what looks like uh, elements from shipwrecks that have washed up on the shores at the base of the cliffs and repurpose them into some sort of piece of art. Um, but nonetheless, she does periodically go out with the uh, with Balavan and some of the younger elves uh, and kind of do scouting missions from time to time but most of the time she's she sort of remains uh, in forlorn still but yeah you you can you're directed to her I I am hopeful that I could take up some of your time um, I, I actually think this may have been very fortuitous because you may actually be able to help me with two different requests that I have. Um, Arineal, nice to make your acquaintance. She introduces herself and she kind of, as you, as, as you present yourself as somebody who needs something from her, she kind of looks you up and down. She says, what is it I can be of service with today, Ranger? I was uh, hopeful that if sometime over the next uh, couple of weeks if I could um, bother you to looking to increase my my skills I've she kind of pulls out her sword and you know I've kind of gotten this to where I need it to be it's does what it needs to do and I can wield it fairly well um, but I um, prefer okay. to have balance and my I feel like my bow skills have have lacked of late you speak of hope. You speak of bother. Hmm. I would I would be willing to put myself in your service if this would be. Again, she's sort of like taking your measure. I suppose I might be able to lend you some aid. After all, I hear you are one of the ones responsible for returning Balavan and the others from this goblin colony. Yes, yes. That, that was our crew that, that went out there. Hmm. I see. Hendenar spoke highly of your abilities. Yes. And so we'll sort of shift to a montage. And what she kind of gets you to do, I mean, it's, all, it's, it's very kind of almost Karate Kid-like and like you're kind of put to work on the shore is collecting all sorts of like debris and whatnot. But like 
most of the time she's like you, you mentioned specifically balance and so she has you going through all these different um all these different exercises and things and maneuvers where you're holding your balance on top of like driftwood and things like as the mm-hmm. the waves are, are lapping in in between storms and you're trying to hit targets at a distance and like you're constantly falling into the the salted water of the of the loon of the gulf of loon and yeah so we just see this montage of you doing it fall and then you kind of stay a little longer shoot but miss and then you stay a little longer shoot and hit the target but not so good and over the course of like the montage you're able to eventually kind of stay on this sort of balanced moment and not worry too you know not worry too much about falling anymore and you more frequently and consistently are able to kind of fire off arrows you know being able to steady yourself in ways that you hadn't before you're so used to like the the basic earth the terrain being sturdy and now you can even even when the terrain itself even when the ground below you is unsteady you're able to maintain a certain level of steadiness i'm so so grateful for the time that you spent with me i uh if i could be so bold i'm looking to also have my my bow inf- inflict just that bit more so I'm wanting to make my weapon keen hmm you want the bow to inflict more well perhaps I overestimated you the bow itself is merely a tool with which to project arrows and weaponry and it is your mind, perhaps, that needs sharpening, better aiming, more intelligent choice of target, finding the weak spots in armor, being able to track a moving target and fire at just the precise time. These, these are the things that will improve your battle prowess more than changing your bow. After all, a craftsman does not blame their tools for when their production is lacking. But, but, if it would give you peace of mind, it is true to say that The work you carry with you, this is somewhat crude design. It lacks the finesse. It lacks the simplicity. That might better serve you in times when you must rely on your instinct. I could produce something more useful to a ranger of yourself. I must say, you have been very kind and very generous. If there is anything that I could do to repay your time, I would be most willing to do so. Hmm. I'll ponder on this for now. There are many... There are many places along the coast where we find debris of ships, fisher ships, corsairs, 
wreckage washing up before it becomes overdry from the sun above. You will lure it and carry it back up the granite steps to my workshop. And if you recall, it's like a hundred to two hundred foot cliff, and you are just constantly lugging all of this like heavy, soggy driftwood that she once collected all the way up these steps. Back down you go. Back all the way up. Back down you go. So not only are you improving your your archery skills, uh, but your, your your legs are getting a workout as well. Yes. This will help me with my tree climbing and other acts of agility as well. All right. So uh, let's kick it over to somebody else then for a bit. What? Uh, who else has something in mind? A scene for their improvements. Yeah. So those times that she goes to, down to the coast to pick up the debris, mm-hmm. she'll catch the glimpses of Floy doing laps in the coast in the ocean. Okay. Okay. He's, he's wants to train a bit of his swimming because he's always jumped in the waters. It seems to be kind of difficult to stay afloat, especially in chainmail. So he's going to practice in chainmail with his axe above his head, just staying in and above the water as best he can. Okay. So it very much is uh, a, another scene from Karate Kid with Lord of the Rings flavor as you wander into the middle of, uh, like you wander out not that far, I suppose, that you're a dwarf, but you're like, you wander until like the water is up to your chest and stuff, and you're just swinging left and right as the waves crash in, and you're doing this like before a storm, so the surf is even like, is even heavier, and we see much like with a Reniel, this montage of Floyd just swinging left and right while elves are kind of watching you and shaking their heads with curiosity at exactly what you're doing. We see all these other elves who just swim out into the waters with grace and ease and no issues at all. We see some that are kind of pulling in boats when the storm's coming, and Floyd's just getting swallowed under the surf, the undertow kind of pulling him out here and there. He struggles for a bit. The darkness of the waters underneath, kind of, we get these momentary... Uh, glimpses like this flashback to the soggy bog waters beneath the beneath the keep in Ruda in Rudauer. We see uh, we see every day kind of gets a little bit better. You go a little bit further, um, and after we'll say a couple days or weeks, when you when you're kind of swinging and kind of moving around, you're developing your athletics, your swimming skills are being improved as well as you're starting to swim around. You start walking up out of the shore and you have like what looks like a whole string behind you and there's all these fish that you've caught just like chopped with your axe as you're swimming underneath the water. And the elves once more are just sort of looking at you, like shaking their head with with a great confusion at this sight as you come back up. Okay. <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, okay. Uh, who would like to do our next Karate Kid montage reference? <laughs> Yeah, so mine's not going to be about anything uh, physical. Uh, it's more uh, emotional uh, TLC. Uh, Sorendir was wearing some very ratty clothes for most of his time. Uh, he mended them himself in his time in exile. He was always reluctant to start wearing human clothes, but he, he did at some point because they were just falling apart. Um, and he continued to mend those rather than buying new clothes. Now that he's in an elven town again uh they provided him with elven clothes uh but he also uh is swapping out his leather corslet for a cunning make leather corslet uh something much lighter and easier to move around in 
Okay. Um, so to get a custom fitted, that would require you to move about town. And it's not, again, like this town is filled with with basically crafters and artists. That's what this is. Now, they all have history. You know, everyone here seems to be shipbuilders or craftsmen or tailors or some such, right? But they all have some kind of history. Some of them are very old. Some of them more recent. Um, but all of them probably are older than you, Sorundir. You would probably be the youngest elf in this entire town. Uh, but you're able to sort of track down some people that would kind of make this use. Uh, you're appointed to Kuldor, who is the preeminent um, preeminent tailor, I suppose we can say. Uh, and he is uh, an elf with very, very fair hair. Uh, blonde, but with sort of a faint hints of of white or gray, like platinum almost. And skin extraordinarily pale, but somehow manages to, like, there's no sunburn or anything that seems to be happening. Uh, but they have a workshop uh, on the northern side of the Gellian River that overlooks uh, the cliffs. Like, you can see all throughout. And not only that, there is this extensive. Uh, there's this extensive like grouping of these huge tubs where like different cloth dyes are being crafted as well and others kind of come and go and they're able to affix specific designs uh, and then if that isn't enough uh, there's all of these different alchemical uh, laboratories within their workshop where they're kind of creating this sort of powdery silver to create like these embroidered runes on some of their uh, and some of their clothes as well. And much like Arineal, your reputation uh, for having helped Balavan precedes you, but also, even more so for Sorandir. Your reputation as Erebon Sorandir precedes you as well. But much like has been the case with the exception of Balavan, most elves who have come across have been forgiving of you. And Kuador is is very much the same. And Regardless, Sorandir would be very much uh like immediately like apologizing and feeling like he's imposing whether they are offering forgiveness right away or or just treating me kindly. I, I would act like I'm a burden to them just coming up and even asking. Oh, my dear Sorandir, you have, you have no reason to apologize to me. You have not harmed me in any manner. My dear friend was one of the gods that you retrieved from the goblin colony to the north. And even if that were not so, there is nothing you have done that has aggrieved me in any way. We all make choices in our lives. Elves live longer than most, more complicated lives with a large number of choices, the consequences of which we cannot always foresee when we are forced to make those choices. 
all we can do is live with those consequences, learn from them, so that we might make more intelligent or wise choices in the future. You seem to be determined to continue your time with your dwarf and hobbit and ranger friend. They will need such wisdom. And no longer will you roam about the world a vagabond. Remember, you... And they're doing this while they're like kind of going through some you know, some clothes and kind of stitching some things and they're pulling over top this corset and sort of affixing it on there. You are an elf of Linden. Be proud of where you are from. And now, no matter where you go, others will know and they, they kind of like fixing your shoulders and bit moving your hair back behind so that like you can kind of see like this very light pauldrons where you go they will be aware that you're of linden and like you see they kind of smooth out the course a little bit and they stand back and admire it yes yes you will do us well in your travels, and you will look better doing it. You honor me with your kind words. Uh, they are a gift more important to me than even this magnificent armor. Thank you. You are welcome, Soren, dear. May it serve you well. So then we'll cut from there to old Gilly Kettlegrass. What's Gilly up to? Uh, Gilly went to that house that we dropped off those two um, elves who had lost their memory. Um, she's presuming that's where they send people to be healed. Linguindil and Thonben were the ones that you rescued from the boat that were having that memory issue. Yes. Others have been reporting it too, by the way. That has been something like people have been having trouble, like remembering things or they're reliving events from the past. It's sort of like this like elvish sort of PTSD that's kind of happening here. Yeah. I don't mean to minimize it, but that's that's basically what what it, what it is, yeah. Yeah. Um but Gilly's starting there cuz she's presuming that's where like their main healer might be. Uh cuz she would like to get some training in healing. Okay, so you're going to, like, the healing house? Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, in Rings of Power, they actually say that they refer to their healers as artificers. And had any of you done your homework, you would have known <laughs> to say that instead. I don't even know if that's true or not, but anyway. I mean, that did happen in the show. I don't know. Uh, okay, so this you're looking for... All right, so I'm sorry, I'm going through all of the people I have in here. Oh, I already talked to them. All right, so you speak with someone by the name of Thurmatan, who appears to be uh, a surprisingly small-statured elf. 
relative to Sorandir and Lady Ortolos and Amderim and Balavan and so many of the others you've met, this one actually is somewhat stocky in nature. Still mm. has a, a grace that far exceeds yourself, no offense, or Elrenil or Floy, but relative to the others, you see a broad shoulders, much broader than you would expect. You see uh, kind of a thickness of, uh, of leg and sort of a wideness of the belt. Um, but they move with wonderful grace. Uh, but there's certainly, it's certainly somewhat of a departure. But they move with great quickness. And most of the time, when you visit over your time here, mm-hmm. there's what, what they seem to be putting most of their attention to isn't actually healing people, uh, but are actually seeming to, to aid some uh, some poor creatures that have kind of fallen ill around the area or suffered an attack of some kind. But there are times in which somebody will like, kind of bring in, while, while you're probably doing tasks, like kind of learning, mm-hmm. mixing chemicals, you're using mortal and pestle to sort of grind down herbs and create different powders and poultices and things. More than once, an elf will come in escorting somebody else who has that same sort of state of delirium. And they seem to be waffling through, kind of reliving a a moment of terror and a moment of violence from the past. A loss of somebody on a battlefield or at the hands of an orc or a wraith. You hear hear places' names that you are familiar with at this point, you know, Fornost and such. And so you can tell these people are kind of going through and like reliving it as if this is the present, not their memory. Others are coming in with these horrific dreams that they think are happening now. And it's this constant like shifting of dream, memory, and present moment that they seem to struggle with. And most of the time, what uh, what Tormatan does, and, and, you, and you aid, is basically kind of find ways to have them focus. Find ways to get them to sleep, to calm, to avoid any sort of violent outbursts. Since many of them are are having and reliving these memories of, of violence and of war. Mm-hmm. They tend to lash out. And more than once you take, like, unfortunately, and nothing to the point where we have to mark it down, like a, like, you know, you take maybe a hit to the face or to the stomach or you're kind of thrown back to the side. And again, elves are stronger than you, so you yeah. stumble back here and there. But Termiton is always there kind of aiding you, which is why most of the time, most of the time, he sets you off to the side, has you kind of mixing and all that kind of stuff. But in a quiet moment, when the when the healing house is is not full and closing shop down for the night, Termitan will bring you out into a balcony on the second second story of their of their building. And we'll sit and they will kind of watch off to the west, always to the west. And they will say, Little Hobbit, please come sit with me. Of, of course. You are very stout and true hearted. 
truly your kind is a marvel of this world. I've heard it said that the time of the elf is over. The time of man has come. I think it best for the world if man do not hold the world alone, but instead share it with your people so that you might remind them of joy and wonder and goodness. And then you see they pull out this little pouch mm-hmm. and a pipe and they start right into this tiny little pipe. Now, please, do not mention this to Lady Ortolos. She already says that I am far too interested in experimenting with my mixtures. But every now and then, I feel the pull of the West. And I know my work here is not yet done. And much like the others you see, my memory is is foggy. This helps me stay focused. And so you have this moment of like sharing. Gilly like also pulls out hers. (laughs) She's like, Mm. oh, we're doing this right now? Yeah. I will show you the garden where I grow some of these things for gardening is perhaps my truest passion. You are much we are much alike you and I, I fear. Gilly agrees. Certainly. Birds birds of a feather. Yes indeed. Yes indeed. Okay. Does anybody else have more upgrade scenes they want to do? I was able to no. do two for one because I got skills and adventuring points. Oh, I know. Was both of mine. <laughs> I know. Cheater. <laughs> I'm hoarding my points so I can do a two for one next time. That's uh, optimistic to think you're going to survive. Uh, okay. Floyd, do you have any more? Gilly, do you have any more? Just, just a swimming. Um, I had also taken a rank in wisdom, um, where I chose mastery so I can favor two skills and I favored healing and enheartened. And I feel like that kind of hit both. Okay. Yeah, that's um, fine. Yeah. Okay. So then we'll continue on to the next part of the, uh, of the fellowship phase since we've done our training growth, etc. Uh, spiritual recovery automatically recover a number of hope points equal to your heart score Uh, Mm -hmm. and then if the adventuring phase was a positive outcome in the fight against the encroaching shadow you get to remove some shadow points I'm going to give you two for this Uh, I think actually removing the curse on Floy's uh, armor was actually a fairly significant deal Uh, nice but you didn't necessarily defeat like a major lieutenant or something like that but it was still very good so two two extra points uh, from that shadow points Nice. Then we should. What if I had a meltdown and I didn't have any shadow points? That's a shame. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Now, uh, next up, 
we do undertakings. And I know we were talking about this ahead of time, so we're going to kind of weave some role-playing scenes in with this as well, because I do feel like there's some potential changes that could happen. So, at a certain point throughout the couple weeks that you that you are staying here, your uh, a messenger comes. Maybe it's Amdurdum himself, uh, who comes and invites you all, uh, as the Lady Ortolos would like to meet you, has something she would like to discuss with you. And presuming all of you, I presume all of you will accept that invitation. Of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, Amdurdum leads you not to the main hall, where you had your initial council, but instead leads you outside the city, journeying westward a bit, perhaps an hour outside of the town. And you can see that it kind of takes you to this grove of trees that are on the the cliff. Um, And it's not... It's not as though the trees themselves are any kind of close proximity to one another, but you can see it's it's the most wooded. It's a fairly wooded portion, other than some of the uh, some of the copses that are along the river Gelion. And you can find you find in the middle of that there is this rock edifice, this, this sort of a natural structure of rock, within which a this beautiful pool of water, crisp, clear water with you see an occasional like frog or toad kind of leaping down and swimming across and you can see that some of the rock that's within this grove people have sculpted it's natural and it still sort of fits but you can see what looks like the visages of elves you can see the visages of uh of not necessarily people you recognize but perhaps people sorendir you've heard names of kings of old of linden and of ancestors and such. Probably names and visages that that are familiar from your days of learning as a young elf. And you can see, sitting down uh, at the edge of this pool, her legs kind of drooping down into the pond and just sort of floating there in the water and like a, almost like a young child lifting a leg up, staring at her own bare foot and watching the water just trickle down and drop and create these little ripples in the pond. And as it does so, it has this serene feel to it. And the water itself almost seems to give off this rainbow-like reflection as the sun comes down between the trees and you see that she doesn't have that kind of regalness, her this this ornate headdress that she had worn in the meeting hall. She has taken off and she has moved off to the side. And you can see her her hair is kind of drooping down, uh, and it's a little bit unnerving, perhaps at first, to see a woman who, when you've met her, has has shown regalness to a very high degree. She's here by herself, as far as you can tell. And Amdrim comes, and she and he announces, "It's like, my my lady, they have uh, I have fetched them for you 
and she looks up at you all, and as she does, she kind of, her hand kind of reaches up, uh, like a ray of sunlight comes down, and you see like a, a bug, like a little insect, just a swirling, almost dragonfly, swooping around it in some way, and she says, ha, ah, yes, I am, I am very thankful that you have, you have come here. There is something I would like to discuss with the four of you before you depart Forland and before you depart Linden. Please. Of course, my lady. Anything. Please, sit. Sit. So she kind of just extends her hand. like, And there's no seats around, but you can see like there's all these different chunks of rock here and there. You can easily sit. And the pond itself is, like, there's a little bit of vegetation around it. And you can see, like, little kind of weeds and uh, and things kind of, like, propping up. Otherwise, it's very quickly turns back to rock. It almost looks like this was sort of carved in, an, in a very beautiful fashion. And much like the grove that you all discovered west of Fornost, north of Eskerdale. You can see that there are these beautiful rounded stones in the water, that the water is crystal clear, and you can see they're just kind of scattered about. Some of them have runes kind of engraved on them, others not so much. Arunia will kind of find a a spot to sit, uh, kind of cross-legged, and just say this is a beautiful location here that you've invited us to share with you and sort of gesture to kind of some of those markings and whatnot Uh, it is a place that is both beautiful and somber my new ranger friend do you know what each of these stones represent. And she kind of gestures to these, like, those rounded stones in the water. Are these to mark the passing of your kind? Yes. But more specifically, some mark those And she kind of looks off to the west. Who met an untimely end? Or a pause, you might say. Who were cut down here in Middle-earth. And were not able to board a ship for the west. Tragedies, each one of these stones are. The beauty here, yes, it is quite lovely, of course, but I come here not to admire its beauty, but more for it to remind me, for my memories too of late have become distant and confused, more and more. I find myself visiting this grove so that the events of my past do not become misconstrued 
by my mind, which, like so many of my people, has become adult of late. I am sorry. You were merely paying a compliment, and for that I am thankful. Yes. No, we... When we... met a few out on the, the water, it was quite distressing to see how lost they were in that space between present and past. Is this an ailing here for quite some time? Or have you thoughts as to the cause? Time passes the same for everyone, but it is perceived differently for elves than it is for your kind, Arineal, and for yours, Master Floy, and you as well, Miss Kettlegrass. When I say recent, I mean more in the manner in which your people would refer to it as. Years, perhaps, but not many. As for what causes it, for some time I have spoke with the healers, whom I am told, and she looks over towards Gilly with a very beautiful smile on her face, has made a new friend. But the worry was that we were being pulled, but it is not the same, not the same call that all elves feel at some point in their lives. This was confused, for when we are called Valinor, it is with purpose, with certainty, with clarity. It is not with confusion. It is not with uncertainty. It is not with misgivings. And then the four of you arrive with news that the fires in Kondum have been relit, that the wastes of Angmar have awakened, and that the forces of the enemy are once more scattered amongst the ice and the snow and the rock of that land. And then it became clear to me those of us who have suffered this, and she kind of thinks, confused even, finding the right word, ailment. We are all, or were, veterans of the war with Ingmar. We rode with Curden to reinforce your people, your ancestors. We rode to save a city 
that had already fallen. We rode to avenge those who were lost. And she kind of looks up at Amdrim, who's kind of got this very grim, concerned face on. And normally he's been the guy with the, you know, the sort of the, the crooked grin almost. The mm-hmm. elvish crooked grin, right? And then she kind of just drifts off at that, that point. There's like a long pause where she doesn't really say anything at all. You just kind of, almost like she's trailed off completely. Like she's forgotten the thread of what she's been saying. Surely, lady, the this fate could not befall you as well. I am... I am sad to say, Sorandir. I am no different than you or any other elf who occupies Linden. I am as susceptible, it seems, to the sorceries of our enemy as anyone else. For that is what I think it is. Sorcery. It is not a natural state for elves to have such difficulty controlling their mind, their memory. And as you know, Solandir and as I am sure is partial cause for why you have not returned home sooner, our memory is perfect. There are not flaws. We see things as they were. And she looks up at Andrim. But I am missing some memories. And others conflict with dear friends who share them. And I fear an uncertainty I am no longer comfortable bearing on my own. What would you ask of us? Too much, I am sure. But I fear what would befall any of the people who occupy Forland were I to send them on this task. And in a cruel twist of fate, Sorandir, perhaps the choice you made so long ago which has haunted you, which took you away from your people, perhaps spared you from the very fate that many of us now face. And she looks up at Amdurim. During the war with Angmar, we rode with Kurd. However, there are others of us who are tasked with additional quests. Emdalim and I 
in some others. We were sent northward. We were there to ensure the enemy was thoroughly routed. We were sent to the mountains of Angmar, far to the north. And you can see she like almost shivers. I remember the cold so very well. We were sent to explore a particular peak, one where stories, rumors were heard of a hidden tower, hidden not because it was camouflaged or because it was built to hide behind a cliff or a peak, but because it was burrowed into the ground as your people do, Floy. Othrungul is what we called it. It was hidden. It was said it was where the Witch King's disciples practiced a form of necromancy that allowed them control of those who had been put into the grave, the icy graves, and Ingmar. Now, I remember this charge, as does Amdalim, and I remember venturing across the wastes, and I remember climbing into the mountains of Angmar, and I remember the cold on my hands and the tearing of my fingernails as we scraped from cold grey rock to cold grey rock. And I remember defeating those who inhabited this place. But I do not remember how we did such a thing. And nor does Amderim. In fact, Amderim and I have very different perceptions of this place. He describes it as holes of fire. I describe it as holes of ice. He remembers an artifact worn, wielded by a dark sorcerer. And I recall retrieving it. But I know not where it was held, and neither of us recall its destruction. What what type of item was this? I do not know. And she like kind of like turns away at that point, like almost like shame and fear kind of overtaking her when she says that. And Amdurim rushes over to her side at this point and just sort of very gently puts an arm around 
her shoulder, and the two of them kind of like share a moment. You can tell that they're more than just the lady, an attendee. Mm-hmm. And perhaps Sorendir knew that to begin with. But there's a moment where they, they kind of share that sort of darkness. What do you all do? Gilly pauses because she's been taking notes of this meeting. And um, she kind of sighs as she puts a finger in it to placehold it, but she shuts her book. And she looks at Arunil, then at Floy, then at Sorendir. I kind I've always figured we'd have to go to Karndun. Uh, she says, no, Hobbit, it was not the fortress that we were sent to. There was a far larger host that was sent there. Ours was a smaller company. A special task. Mm-hmm. One we were best suited for. But perhaps... We were overconfident. Perhaps we were mistaken. And it is many of the people here in this place in Forland where I now am who were with us that day, that week, that year, however much time passed. My lady, you wish us to follow in your footsteps and find this place? You can see that, like, kind of a sad face, like, her face kind of gets sad. I. As I said, I asked too much of you. But you have said that you have ventured onto the threshold of Angmar before. Now I wonder if perhaps you might venture further. We we have traveled far, but surely there has to be someone better suited for such an important task. Modesty does not become you, Sorendir. Think of all you have accomplished. You are an elf without community. You have traveled lands, visited people who would often turn our kind away. Not always without good reason. You have found friends. You have defeated foes. Most who inhabit these lands cannot say the same. They are not idle, but their concerns domestic fields that need sowing, children that need raising, Homes that need repairing. 
There are no heroes in Heriador, or perhaps I look at them now. The artifact does need to be destroyed. I've seen what it's been doing to the community. She smiles again, like every time she smiles, you can see it's always like this sort of downcast, like she's, she feel. you can tell she feels some sort of, she feels conflicted about this, right? About charging mm-hmm. the four of you with this task. My lady, you have given me so much since I've arrived that if you ask this of me, I, I cannot say no. But I, I fear that we are not capable. Also, Irinia will sort of interrupt, uh, Sorendir, and your. Please don't let his humility portray our unwillingness to do things that are difficult and dangerous. It is not humility that Sorendir displays. It is a lack of confidence, one that I hope he will overcome someday. For all of you and myself, I believe we are quite confident that Sorendir is a far better version of himself than the one that occupies his own thoughts. This is quite so. And Arrhenio's, like, bold nature mm-hmm. is, you know, her pride is kicking in a little bit that, of course, this is something yeah. that we can take on. I cannot ask you or order you to do this. I do not wish to harm or have harm come to any of you. I hesitate because I believe this is a dangerous charge. And if you were to decline, there is no ill will between us. We part as friends. Uh, Sorendir will turn to the rest of the group these are not your people you do not need to risk your lives for for us I I must see this done but I, I understand if you wish for us to part ways your people my people we're all the same, living in the same lands. Whether I help them or not, someone will be affected. And good fortune's on our side. They've graced us with tremendous help written in the shadow. It's only a matter of time we help them. And who's to say it would stay confined to your people? 
This is darkness. It does not discriminate. Yeah, you can see with Floy speaking up, this dwarf who are many elves consider to be selfish or at the very least reclusive or they are not so much they're uncaring for the the endeavors of those outside their mountains and their minds to have him come out and say something like what Floyd just said and to have Gilly who speak of recluse hobbits but a brie hobbit like the smiles kind of come back to their faces but they're more you can tell they're more kind of enheartened by it in some ways. Amzerim, the grin, comes back and he says to Ortolos, I told you there is something special to this dwarf. He has the look of... Well, he has the look of a hero. It is he has surprised me his... more than once. I imagine there are many surprises still but those of the positive variety I would hope and she kind of looks like think on it there is no reason for you to decide today my lady I have decided I I will help you if that's what you need thank you sir and dear Speak with your friends, your fellowship. You have whatever Forlon can provide. You're in no hurry to leave, I hope. The storms are still rolling, and I hear some of your wounds have not yet healed. The poisons of these goblins were more... complex, I suppose more invasive than others. Take your time, gather your strength, and when the weather turns in our favor, then you will journey, and only then will you need to make a decision. And Angmar is very far from here, and who knows what fate will put between you and your next destination. I would like to gather more information. Could you perhaps add like a list of those who are most affected? Uh, sure. Um, I'm not going to rattle off every elf name yeah. that I have, uh, but you will get a list. Yeah, she'll, she'll give you names and such. Sure. Yeah. Some of whom you've recognized before. Uh, Link Vendil and Thonben, the ones that you found in the boat, were at the top of the list. But there are others as well. Uh, Merthel, the the sculptor uh, that you've heard mm -hmm. referenced as well. Uh, uh, so those are kind of three names that kind of stand out in terms of who we've spoken with already. Yeah. Does anyone say anything more here? Or does do we sort of fade from this scene and do something else? I'm good. All right, so you return, and Amdurin lingers back. The two of them stay, but you know the way. You journey back, and you make it back to Forland. And now we'll shift gears, uh, and we'll 
kind of return mechanically to our the rest of our fellowship phase. I wanted to have that moment so that you all can kind of make decisions now for your undertakings and, and sort of, that's why I was saying to kind of hold off on some of this. Mm-hmm. So remember that you get two undertakings, basically. You get one from the list. Okay, as long as it's not a Yule-based one, it's not Yule right now. And then you get one that's from one of the the callings of the professions of, of the four of you. Okay, we've done this enough that I feel like we kind of know how it works, so I don't want to go through it all. Um, but do you have an idea? Uh, is there one for certain that you would like to do? Yeah, I think for sure we want to uh, write a song, which is free to uh, champions. So we already have a um, song of victory that we had done before. Um, so I think this time we are going to do a lay, which is something that helps uh, if we are weary during a council, because we have had some difficult councils of late. So okay. writing a poem for uh, assistance in that seems useful. Okay. So are we going to, just for bookkeeping purposes, are we calling this the one that you're getting because a renial champion? Okay. So then you still yes. have another one to free from. So. Mm-hmm. I would say, I mean, the, the writing of the song itself is probably not one that occurs overnight, but rather over the series of many nights at table. There are more, more than a handful of musicians that are wandering about the streets of Forland, shipbuilder by day, harpist by night, and while you were given a place to stay you are frequently visited by some elves that you've met before or you're invited to various other locations and often storytelling is exchanged it certainly doesn't have the joviality that you know, life was like in the Blue Mountains and the halls of Glad Rock with the drunkenness and the and the sort of depravity and everything that, that sometimes befell uh, Floyd's family when you were visiting uh, Glad Rock. But it's nonetheless beautiful singing voices that harmonize in ways that almost makes you surprised that there is more than one person singing tonal shifts that seem unnatural and to those of you who don't have Sindarin or you know any sort of elvish language in terms of familiarity you might not know the meaning of the lyrics but the undulation of the sound the reaction of those kind of around a dining table or around a fire we're looking out over the waters as the stars kind of glitter in the reflection. You can kind of tell exactly the meaning itself. Somberness, reflection. And there is, it is mostly somber, like the, the songs that you're getting, even the ones that feel more uplifting. Everything here just has a tone to it 
that that there's that that small little flavor of sadness as if something about the ability to have that perfect memory is both pardon the pardon the horrible uh or the horrible phrase it is both a blessing and in some ways a curse mm-hmm. so do you have i know you all are talking ahead of time about did you have an idea of of who or what this song was dedicated to or like what is it about what is it about I don't know if we got that far okay uh yeah I wouldn't mind having a verse about a Floyd being beaten in checkers whether it happened or not yeah for sure <laughs> there it is okay yeah, what I threw out there before, and, and I don't know that it's we'll land. It's the fifth verse. It's at the very end. Yeah, right. No one's really paying attention. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the last one. Nobody it ever follows the, the bridge when everyone kind of like you know zoned out. You know. Uh, and and I don't know that we'll stick with this, but I had thrown out there before stream that maybe it could be like the the lay of Erebon as uh, kind of telling that story as almost a sort of a a parable, perhaps of sort of finding those that you need around you um, since this would be kind of related to use and counsel in the future. So we'll see if we kind of land with that, um, especially since he's not using the name anymore. And Sorendir does love bringing out uh, parables and counsel anyways to shame people into getting his way. (laughs) Okay, do you know what your second undertaking is going to be? We'll need to figure that out. Well, the time has come. (laughs) (laughs) We've thrown out ponder, storied, and figured maps. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so you... That's always a good one we're about to do. Again, all of the options are available to you since the the song is free due to Arineal being a champion. So you have... Uh, you have so, so pondered story and figured maps. Mechanically, this would give you plus one to feet die rolls when we're determining journey events. So that's what I roll, and I roll the d12 to determine the nature of the event. And mm-hmm. the, the higher, the better the roll. Uh, the more positive the event is, you could be a shortcut, something like that. The lower it is, the worse it could be, etc. Where like you'll get additional fatigue, or you might even get hit with shim shadow points or something like that. Um, so that is would essentially be you all kind of going through whatever they have here in Forlorn's libraries. Uh, other things is there are there any other things you were thinking of doing? I think the only thing that would really be useful to us right now would be strength and fellowship. Like we don't really need to uh, gather more rumors. We have tons of rumors. We don't need to uh, research magic items or anything. And what that would do mechanically uh, would be you all have a higher fellowship rating. You'd have mm-hmm. plus one until the next phase, which means you would get one additional fellowship point uh, per session until the next fellowship phase. So throughout this, the rest of this adventuring phase. And remember that we tap into fellowship phase for different reasons, uh, depending upon your patron. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I think for me, from a story perspective, I sort of like the idea that we are somewhere different. We have kind of a different group of scholars and folks around so being able to kind of poke around and see what they have before we're about to set out i like the idea of that 
Yeah, and I feel like it sets us up because Gilly does want to research a bit before we go. Okay. Yeah, no, but- All right. So we'll say your your kind of main escort around around Forland uh, has been Andrim, and it will probably continue to be so. And when you express a desire, maybe Sorendir to see the the annals of your people, or Gilly as a scholar, to sort of dig into some of the stories and things, taking an opportunity to do this, you all have earned enough renown and respect of the people around that that it's not seen in any way to be insulting. And Andrim leads you again to another one of these one of the the buildings on that central aisle. Uh, near where that the main council building was. And it is this beautiful, beautiful building. Three stories with this peak tower. Um, you notice that there's nothing here. None of these buildings are extraordinarily tall, likely due to the, the weather, right? Nothing is built too high. And you see this kind of sloping peak. You see what looks like this colored glass that kind of wraps around here and there and creates these very interesting pockets and contrast with the otherwise kind of off-right, off-white kind of plaster and and granite that kind of makes up most of these buildings. And you're led inside, and it's a very quiet, quiet building, as you might expect. And you can see that there are entire walls that go up 20, 25 feet filled bookcases, these ornate bookcases that Arineal, you recognize much of the craftsmanship. Uh, your uh, your time with Suratol, the um, the woods uh, the the woodmaker, you can kind of see some of her flourishes, her kind of artist mark here and there on some of the these kind of ornate bits of furniture that are set up, uh, where people are kind of lounging and reading through tomes. Others you can see are in these little nooks, where certainly some sort of amount of vegetation is sort of weaving up and down and kind of manages to give the the whole area this this air of freshness to it right and you can also see that there are these these kind of oil lamps that are set up and kind of easily lit and moved around and these ladders that are shifted and moved so that people can climb and find a tome you see that there are also plenty of displays these pedestals that are carved from the same granite that you know that the entire city stands upon. You can see the striations shifting through the rock. Everything here is beautiful and serene. Sorendir, you see tapestries woven with that same kind of silver etching, the embroidery that you now bear on your very your very tunic, your corset. And you see the color scheme itself is very similar to what many within Forland. Uh, seem to be wearing and you go through and you find a variety of of maps Andrim is more than happy uh, to retrieve these old very careful these old scrolls that are hidden away in these leather cases that are retrieved with great care and reverence and unfurled onto these uh, long very sturdy looking wooden tables and what you see is essentially a composite of different experiences of 
of elves like Sorendir or like some of the others who have traveled across Eriador. Uh, and primarily, they start focusing on the old lands. Arineal, you can see these sort of tentative maps of like Cardolan and Arthedane, Rudaur. You can see another that is sort of the all-encompassing Arnor, and some of these go back significant ways. Others you can tell have been redrawn recently, but still bear this kind of historical sense to them. Now, none of it is like ancient. It's all probably, they, they, they focus so much on like the time of Angmar. And you can even see Rudaur, and you can see that there are these specific markings on certain hills where like notable keeps like names that have long been forgotten. But you know that the maps that Oswald Breaker has back in Coombe and Bree doesn't, they don't have these information. They don't, they don't know anything about this whatsoever. Uh, and whether or not this stuff is current, you're not even sure. At one point, Floyd, as you're kind of tracking, you know, where you all followed the Great East Road and turned, you know, before you crossed over the river and eventually found that homestead uh, uh, where you all kind of rested for a few days this is before you even met Erebon at the time you find the keep the very keep where had been sinking into bog you kind of see it marked off and you can tell that like this has been getting tracked some of them don't have names and you can even see Angmar itself Karndun, this kind of darkened contours of a tower of a, of a stronghold of some kind and what looks like sketching of other places throughout that huge wasteland. And none of it, Andrum explains to you, is of certainty. A lot of this was, was based on memory, but that itself is now questioned. Uh, but he does his best, and he kind of shows you these things as well. And if there's any other interest in other locations, he's more than happy to give that to, but considering the task that you all have been pondering, perhaps, to, to undertake, this is sort of what he shows you. Uh, Reniel's been gathering sort of some information about uh, kind of Argolab, you know, sort of having the helm and sort of his history and so kind of while looking at the maps and just sort of kind of asking just to, you know, kind of be pointed out, you know, some kind of areas of where he mm -hmm. traveled and battled. and So there are so he so he explains to you, and, and again, Amdurlim is is quite old. He's somewhere like Sorandir. He is more than twice your age, at least. Uh, although he doesn't seem to talk about exactly how old he is, he is quite old. And he, as you start going through this, he kind of smiles and he looks at like the helm that you're probably not wearing, but maybe you've carried around at some point or left in your mm -hmm. uh, left in your in your lodgings. And he references how there is not. There's not just one Agaleb, but two over time. And if my memory serves, and as we have spoken, it perhaps does not, I believe one of them fell the first of his name. Here, and you see this. Remember that he's a fairly dark-skinned elf kind of reaches out and with his, his middle finger kind of leading the way kind of tracks this arc down a location of the map that you recognize even even without the elvish lettering you would be able to piece it together as the weather hills 
Somewhere in here, I believe he fell. At least, this is merely what I have been told. I am not a law master of my own. I have other duties to attend to that occupy my time. But I have lived for quite some time. And in my younger years, I have journeyed across these old human kingdoms. And I have heard tales of their their, their kings that have risen and fallen. And yes, here, abouts he fell. The nature of which I, I do not know. That is before Curden and others rallied the elves of Forlond and Linden to aid those at Fornost. I appreciate you sharing the information that you do know. And another of your your ancestors, Arvadui, King Arvadui. Last, I believe, of your of your kings fled northward. You've heard some of this before, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, Balin yeah, that kind of reveals to you. And this was the story of how he kind of fled with his people northward, hid for a while, rumor has it, Floy, in the northern parts of the, of the Blue Mountains. And apparently, if Balin's lead is to believe, to be believed, they couldn't carry all their treasures with you. And so somewhere in like the Northern Blue Mountains, there's a mine or a vault or something somewhere where there's just all sorts of treasure of the King of King Arvadui. But um, Amdurim will also, also tell you a tale. He will say a tragic tale. That man to flee to survive we not I I was but a a middling soldier at the time but others Curden sent ships to retrieve him from the lands to the north he carried great treasure with him items that could see other lands at great distance. But in his haste, as is the folly of most of your kind, Arineal, brought upon, perhaps by your limited time on Middle-earth, hasty decisions, tragedy that swept Not just the king, but his men. And many of my kind. Deep below the waves, never to return. He escaped. He escaped that horrible weaponry. Of the armies of Angmar. Only to die beneath the frozen seas of the north. Certainly a tale to be used as a warning. Sometimes the best choice one can make when faced 
with hard decisions is to wait. Sometimes doing nothing is the wisest of choices. Action without purpose or wisdom is folly. But it's a lesson that may take some time. There, when there are, when there is darkness afoot, tarrying to gather more information can sometimes only embolden one's enemy. I will not disagree with you there, of course. Sometimes striking fast and true. Others being prudent. No two situations are alike. The wisdom one gathers is how to distinguish one from the other. You can see like this, his, his normal kind of grin turns into a much bigger, more pronounced smile. And he says, You are young, but I sense great wisdom in you, a Rhaenyl, ranger of the north. So, you're able to spend some time. This is, again, this could be over the course of several days or weeks, poring over these maps. Floy, not only do they have notes about Reniel's home. There's notes along the Blue Mountains. You see eastern and western slopes. You see references to clans of dwarves that have long moved out of the Blue Mountains and journeyed to Arab uh, to the to Erebor in the last couple decades since um, uh, since uh, the the death of Smog. They're no longer inhabiting there. Perhaps the elves have not updated their maps. They don't know everything after all. So, uh, so you've got your two. You've done your pondered stories and figured maps. You did your song. And that is the end of the fellowship phase. Indeed. So. I love I fellowship phases. Me too. Uh, yeah. I hope, I hope yeah. people in the audience like them. I know they're not the most exciting and we're not swinging swords and stuff but i just really like kind of digging into it this game just does it so well yeah you all do it so y'all are crushing it i'm so i'm so proud of you all i really Uh, enjoy the character development that comes through mm -hmm. all the fellowship phases i've always said that the best time to kill characters is after you've really really gotten to know them so you know. <laughs> what would you guys like to undertake uh, as your next adventuring phase? And we can do a little bit of the journey too. We don't like we're not we're gonna we're not gonna do a, a pretty long session today because because Ashley's got a potty to get to. But we can at the very least let's. I mean, we've got a good twenty minutes or so here. I think we can start the journey phase. Uh, and but on out. that note, should we really? Oh, what I'm sorry. Like... What did I just make a really <laughs> clever transition? Oh, of course. <laughs> uh, on that note, should we really uh, go on a journey? You know, if he's looking to kill us, maybe we should just hole up for a little bit. <laughs> uh, Gilly did want to talk to a Marathal before we left. 
that the artist? Yeah, the sculptor. That's right. Because she was listed as one of the people who was there as well. Okay. All right. So before we dig into that, I have to put on different music for that. Ashley, come on. Sorry. (laughs) That's okay. Where's the creepy stuff? Where's the creepy stuff? Creepy stuff. Okay. We'll do a little. It's not just kidding. I'm not going to put anything too creepy on. Okay. So you, so Keely, at some point, maybe you ask your, your healer friend to point you in the, fa- in the, in the direction of Merthel. Mm-hmm. Maybe you use delivery of some sort of pulstice to, uh, to heal what you've heard are blisters and wounds in the hands of this, this woman. But eventually, mm-hmm. yes, you, is anyone else going with you? Or is it just going to be Gilly? You all are welcome to the scene if you like. Yeah. Anybody else? Um, I think, I feel like Arineal was kind of busy with other things, so. We're doing this over the I'll course of with. a three-week span. Okay, Sorendir, Gilly. What about you, Floy? I'll join as well, I don't have much. Okay. So only Arineal is skipping class. <laughs> Alright, so. You all find her on the southern side of the Gellian the river Gillian. You find a workshop, as there are several throughout this town, the city, and you find Merithel, who when you see her, um, much different than other elves that you've come across in the sense that she looks, there's no better word for it, disheveled. Her hair Mm -hmm. is a mess. And you can see that she has various ribbons and, and, and sort of cloths that she's using to kind of keep it back here and there. Her, the point of her ear kind of sticking up outside one, but then tucked under on the other side in a way that doesn't look intentional. Strands of hair are almost you know, sort of split at the end and frazzled. Others kind of drift down and look and have that characteristic smoothness. But she looks in many ways like somebody who has not seen a moment of peace in quite some time. And not only that, but when you enter into the workshop itself, you can see and hear her shuffling about. You can hear her mumbling sometimes to herself as she's kind of going through and crafting. Now, the three of you uh, who have moved about as as you enter here, you can see that leading into the workshop itself and then in the work inside the workshop are a whole bunch of statues that are disturbing in ways that all of the others that you've seen this far. Now, the craftsmanship of them is astounding. You can see the these large slabs of granite that have undergone significant shaving, changing, sculpting here and there. But what what bothers you and what you've heard bothers others is the subject of these sculptings. Floyd, I need you to make... Go ahead and make uh, a valor test. I always forget Valor Test. It's like if he dies, roll a D12 plus a number of D6s right. equal to your Valor score, and it should be your heart 
uh, target number, I believe. Okay, it's 17. It's my worst. So you need a 17. And there's. Oh, I got a Gandalf. Oh, okay, you're good to go. Yeah. Okay. Hey. And it makes sense because a week, two weeks prior, you would have likely had a much more different or much different reaction. For you see, in her workshop, in this kind of bay windowed area, the lattice is kind of opened and light pouring in, you hear the distant sound of thunder. You see what looks like the creature that you encountered beneath the keep in Rudaur. The creature you just saw days ago, a week ago, when you were going through the ritual to cleanse your your armor of its curse. You see those tentacles sort of weaving around and turning into claws at the very end. And although you don't necessarily see them detached from the base of the granite to to the point where they're just kind of flipping around. You do see them enough that they are kind of carved and shaped and rounded and smoothed over the other parts of this, this slab. You see what looks like the kind of base where the various clawed tentacles kind of come uh, into a nexus point, that large maw that tried to bite you not once, but not twice, but several times, each time missing as you hastily swam through the dark, bog-filled waters of the keep in Rudauer. And it's not finished, this, this sculpture. It's half done. You can see a whole, a whole backside of the creature is just this, this sort of crude block of granite. And you can't help but f- have like, a, like this moment of first a quick reaction to maybe you even like reach for a sword uh, for for your axe which you're i would imagine are not carrying if you're just moving about the city and going and visiting an artist you're not wielding this as you go and then it's when you realize it is just a sculpture but it is exactly what you saw in those waters and you're the only one who had well, I wouldn't say you're the only one who had a really good view of it. The rest of them did too, but you're the one who had an up-close view of it. You see the scales. You see the wounds. You see the teeth. The fangs. Everything. And it comes rushing back on you. That caught me off guard for a second. It's such an accurate depiction. I must speak with her. She must know something. And so Gilly Sorendir, Sorendir, you probably only heard stories about this, but Gilly, you had an experience with this as well. And again, not as close as Floyd's. You're never necessarily in danger of being swallowed, but there was that moment when you were running across the the ramparts of the keep and you mm-hmm. had to hop over top of it. And there it was, and the water's below you, and, and how it struck at Floy as you, you and Arunio climbed above the rubble to try to escape. And yeah, he points it out, and you, you see it as well. And, and Gilly will kind of, like, pause and just, as she just observes, like, especially focusing on the maw, and she's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you, you were almost consumed by this? The one time in the bog, it chased us. It's quite the creature. And, and she shivers, and she, I, I'm gonna have, I'm going to have night terrors, I'm sure. And, uh, 
And she just looks again and she like puts a hand on your shoulder, like the same shoulder where you took the wound from the creature. And I'm, I'm thankful that wasn't your fate. As am I. Let's find this lady or speak to her. How does she seen this? Gilly, you turn and the two of you go to leave from this bayed area, this nook in the workshop. Mm-hmm. And maybe you're shook and you're not seeing things clearly or maybe bumping the floor or whatever might happen. But you stumble into a pedestal and you see it rock ever so slightly. Between you and Floyd, maybe Sorinder, you reach out, you grab it, whatever the bust of it that's on top of this pedal doesn't fall. But Gilly, when you look up at it, you see this thing is tipping over the side of the pedestal this mouth wide rows and rows and rows of teeth that have been meticulously carved and sculpted into this slab begins to fall down on top of you and you start to have this flashback this moment you feel the wind on you you feel the blades of tall grass of slapping against you. Mm-hmm. And you are back on the islands, on the lake, on the Nuiel, as the creature chomped down on you, the doom itself. Mm-hmm. For that is what is currently falling off of this pedestal that Sorendir quickly grabs before it falls in your head and Floy grabs the pillar before it continues to tip. And Gilly, you're just there. As this thing's yeah. falling down on you. Gilly doesn't grab it. You guys watch. Gilly will actually kind of fall back and she'll trip over her feet like she did when she was facing the creature. And she's prone on her back as the statue's leaning over her. And she's just clutching because it kind of bit at her hip waist area and kind of got like her right leg. And she's just holding at where her, her scar is. Uh, as, as, and she just shouts one thing and she shouts Floyd's name again. Because that's who she was calling for help oh, for. Yep, I got it. Oh, that was a close one. It's fine. Gilly is just a statue. Do you do you not do you not recognize it? And as you set it back, as Soren, I think Soren Deer grabs it. You grab the pedestal, and as you two like set it, and it yeah, you app both of you recognize it. And Gilly, give me that valor roll too, by the way. Yeah, which I have two. All right. So you've seen now two nameless things that your party has encountered Ooh, over the pass. course of the last year and a half. Because you've been together. Well, no, not quite. I'm sorry, not a year. Almost a year you've been together. Mm-hmm. Sorry, a little less, but but almost a year together now. And you've come face to face with both of them in sculpted form. Both of you have managed, the ones that nearly killed each of you, both of you have managed mm-hmm. to settle yourselves as you look at it. But nonetheless, they are here, sculpted. Now, Sorendir, as you're kind of maybe at this point looking around a bit, there are all manner of other partially completed completed sculpts, and you see trolls. You see orcs. You see like these sort of twisted-looking wraiths, some of which are familiar, some of which aren't. 
you recognize some of those large stone trolls that you all encountered when you were moving around Mount Grom. Sorendir, you see the Olag High. Rotag. This bust, it's not his full body, but it's just shoulder, it's just part of his chest, and is this mean, ugly, disgusting face with that helmet that kind of covered partial bits of his face and the kind of the nose guard trimming down. And you can see his face kind of curved up in a snarl. How how could this be here? I don't, I don't know. It's like our worst moments have been captured in stone. But no one from Forlond could have seen Rotag's visage. Nor the doom that nearly consumed me. Or the horrific creature beneath the waters that nearly consumed Floy. And at that point, Gilly kind of like, we we need answers. And so she's going to start like looking. You start moving into the back where you hear the sounds coming from. You pass by other sculptures. You see this this like partially completed slab that's laying on the ground. It's not set up in any way that suggests it's being displayed. It's just a chunk on the ground. And you see what looks like a... It looks at first you think it's just a bear. But as you move past and look down, you realize curving up in this almost sort of painful twist the face does not look like that of a bear instead it's this almost kind of too human visage where what was what should have that long kind of pronounced snout and the beady eyes that creep down above it it has this sort of twisted looking human-like face it looks either pain or anger you move a little further and you see again more images sometimes now you're seeing sketches on the wall like plans for future sculpts you recognize like maybe not perfectly but race you recognize whites Wargs of some kind. Some of these, they don't look specific to your experiences, but they definitely are creatures you've encountered either together or on your own separate journeys. When you find her, you find her in the rear of her workshop, this rounded room. There's a door on one side that is thrown open, and you hear the sounds the wind and like a distant ocean below and at the other you hear the sounds of a river the gillian moving past and a breeze is cutting through this refreshing breeze to the point where like all of you were probably feeling this like pressure that was kind of you know this, this heat from stress and now it's like washed off and there you see that disheveled face 
you see as she stands up, kind of wipes her brow, and again, she just looks. She, there's like a smudge of what's like charcoal or soot on her face, whatever she's using to sketch. And you see there's this massive slab, bigger than anything you've seen thus far, bigger than maybe eight feet long and another f- four feet tall. And you see something being carved out of it. You see scales. You see horns. You heard the stories from Lord Hajolin. This idea of dragons sword of Telchar, like up in the Dragon Tower. Floy, amongst your people, the tales of Smaug and what happened at, at Erebor are still told and sung about. You, you see the scales themselves, this meticulously carved side slab, almost like a spine, a ridgeline of horns. You see no face of this thing yet. It's just this perfect chunk of a side you see what almost looks like a a leg this reptilian like leg coming out of the side not finished the scales haven't been finished but you can tell that the position itself has been and she gets up she has hammer she has she has chisel and she looks at you and she says can I help you I am very busy, please. And she looks exhausted. Ah, I come bearing postuses. Do you mind if I help apply them? Thank you, thank you. Thurmazin was... Yes, and she kind of holds... She she places down the chisel and the hammer Mm -hmm. on a table nearby. She sits. She grabs a drink of something... And then she holds her hands out. And as you're turning them over, it looks like she hasn't taken a break from this for who knows how long. This, these look like the hands of somebody who has been climbing a mountain in the coldest of winter mm-hmm. and has been doing so for weeks. Fingers bleeding, discolored, nails ripped from their cuticles, You can tell there are marks on the hands where she missed with her hammer and smashed into her bone. You can tell there might be a finger or two that's likely fractured and maybe Mm -hmm. is healed poorly. And as you start to like apply them, you can, you can hear like the faintest of as you do. So as she tries not to react too much. Have, Have you not been resting? I have been resting, yes. It is when I rest that I am given inspiration. And you can see she's got this like look on her face when she says inspiration that she is not thankful for it. And her mm-hmm. eyes kind of drift off to some of these monstrous creations she has in her workshop. And 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 Gilly will like nod towards the statue behind. And, and this is your latest? Yes. I can... I cannot even finish what came before, before another visits me. 
this has been visiting me of late. This is a week's worth of work. Done perhaps in half the time. She like exhales as she does mm-hmm. so. And like Gilly will like root around in her pack and she'll also pull out some food because she's always got a snack on her and sets it out. No, no thank you, Hobbit. Your food does not sit well with me. But thank you, nonetheless. Would you mind answering a few questions for us? We have been tasked by Lady of Tolos, and I was hoping to get your account. I will answer what I can. But if you are here like the others to ask about my inspirations... I am afraid I know very little more than what you know now entering into my workshop. We've encountered a few of your visions. As have I. Some of the more orcish in nature troll and sadly a wraith that took the life of my husband so many years ago but others like this I have only seen when my mind goes to slumber Do you only see faces, or can you see more than that? I have seen more. It is always a body, or a face, sometimes a struggle, but never... Have you seen us? No, I have not. I would have sought you out if that were so. Your arrival is well known, but my work keeps me so very busy. But no, other than from afar, from my windows, have I seen you. But your face, Sorendir, yours is familiar to me. Do you not recognize your old friend? The years have been far less kind to me than they have to you, it seems. Sorrow will do such a thing to a person. Do I not recognize her? Now that she mentions it, as you like peer a little closer, you kind of look past some of the grime and the clothes and such, and you just focus on the facial structure. Yeah, she 
Balavan and a few others, all of you were kind of assigned to the same the same squad, basically. Yeah, she was there years ago. When you left on Balavan stayed, likely you weren't as friendly with her as you were with Balavan. You and him have a very intimate history. But you would know her. You would probably have been friendly with her, for sure. And her husband, as well, who has fallen since. Uh, 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 apologies, lady. The years have been hard for both of us. I, I cannot imagine the state I am in. No apology necessary, Soren, dear. None at all. I am pleased to see you again. And again, you would know her name, by the way, is Merthel. You've heard it right. both from others, and you would know it personally, Soren, dear. It, if I may impose a bit more, what visions have you seen recently? This one has occupied my thoughts, my my time in slumber for perhaps a week or more. That one, and she points back to that strange-looking bear, that one that consumed my every slumbering hour for a week beforehand. There are others too here, and... Um, I, pardon me, Harvest. She kind of hurries over. Yes, these, these, here. These I have seen, and I have seen those as well, and they were with this one. She starts to get very manic all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. But as she starts, like, piecing, she's like, there's the that scaled creature. She points over towards what looks like this massive troll that you can see, and the reason you can tell is it's sort of scaled as there's, like, this troll tree this it's not even a you're not sure if it's a tree or if it's a felled tree at the same time but it suggests not not like you know maybe of cave troll variety but it looks different somehow right like some of you have seen cave trolls and this looks different and then she points over to these and you can see that there's these orcs that are clad in some kind of armor that Well, that doesn't look like the armor that you saw of the ones that were attacking the livestock of Coom. It's different in some ways, but familiar in others. And then over in this other corner, she quickly comes over and you can see what looks like a figure in robes or cloak, face covered, large though broad shoulders, another kind of half-carved behind, huddled as if looking around. Yes, all of these, one after the other, after the other. And she speaks with her hands, and every time her hands are kind of moving about, you can see those, like, horrible wounds from what she's been dealing with recently. Huh. How can we aid you, my lady? The hobbit's supposed to scissor enough. Um, if you could fetch me, Solandir, I, I have not had any, any food to agree with me. Thank you, hobbit, but I cannot eat this. 
And you would know, like, there's like a particular diet that most mm-hmm. of these elves are sort of consistent with vegetarian fruits and vegetables and grains and things. If you could perhaps venture to the markets, I would be grateful. Thank you. And, uh, Dwarf, as Floyd, you're something draws you to the orcs. Roll a scan test as you're looking at these orcs in the armor. And she's calling your name from behind, but you just, you hear her. But something kind of pulls you to this place. Okay. I have favor in this. Oh, very nice. Great success with Gandalf. Okay. with a, Okay, great success. You hear her, your head turns, and you turn back, and it's as your head's kind of turning that you catch it. Your peripheral vision, you see the clasp the armor of one of these orcs hidden beneath this crude cloak that almost looks wintry in some way. You see the furs. You weren't sure if it was just unfinished texture or if it was intentional, but now you're certain of it. And then you see the clasp. You see the marking. You instinctively reach and feel your own collar. Maybe the the mithril is so light that you can wear it beneath your clothes. It's the same. This troll wears this armor? My armor? It's an orc, but yeah. yeah. Oh, it's orc. a large orc. It might be like an Olag High, or it might be something else that you haven't encountered yet. You're not sure. But it wears something of the same mark, maker's mark. There are more pieces of Telchar out there. And as you say that, she seems to, the name, I have heard that name before. I have read about it. But I... I do not remember the context. I'm sorry, she, she like kind of gets very dizzy, steadies herself. I have not eaten. I have been consumed with work. I've seen other craftsmen that's consumed as well. It is quite marvelous, these sculptures, but I don't know what to say. There is nothing you have to say. I... I am inspired. As is all. The others in the city... They are... Concerned. It is not elvish faces that mark my work. But that is not what occupies my dreams. That is not what fuels my inspiration of late. Have you visited the libraries? Yes. I am the one 
who created the freezes in the western chamber many years ago. And you remember, like, there was, like, this array of, like, crafter faces. Like, people who, like, renowned crafters of, of Forlond. It has been many a time since they... Those faces occupied my thoughts. Now it is far darker. But I will work through it. My hands will not be idle. If you might fetch me food... I'll go get her food. Thank you, thank you, Sorendir. Very kind of you. Now, if there are no more questions, I have tasks to... She looks back towards the sculpting of that reptilian creature. Mm -hmm. I have... I have seen it. And I must craft it before it goes away. Just, just one more question. What can you tell me of your mission to Arthrungal? Um... At the sound of that, she turns. You are aware of this place? Yes. 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 The Lady Ortolos and Andrim came looking for volunteers. Balavan and I. No. Balavan. Sorandir has already left, by the way. He turns to you. No. Balavan went looking for Sorandir. No. Yes. I do remember that. The cold. And she looks back as if, like, epiphany has overcome her. Yes. It is a trake. It is a nice trake. We encountered one in the mountains, the mountains of Angmar. We fought. Yes. That is what slayed my husband. Yes. He sacrificed himself so that I might live. Yes. And she's like reaching out like with her broken finger, kind of like almost grabbing Gilly on the the head or the shoulder, Mm -hmm. studying herself. Yes. Yes, I have seen this. And that. She kind of points to one of these trolls that looked a little different. Looked like a snow troll. Yes. Yes, we fought them. And... Those, and she, her hands like up to her head now as she's looking towards those cloaked figures. Ah, and there it goes. 
just gone again. That's okay. No, thank you. Thank you. My dear Hobbit, thank you, Clarity. Oh, I thought I was mad. No. No. Just, just touched by darkness. My dear Ryadil, you were so brave. Yes. So brave. Do you remember an artifact? She thinks. I remember. Ortolos, the lady. Nandrim, and they were certain that sorcery was afoot. That there were items of power in Orthan gold, and that we needed to ensure its destruction. We were told by scouts that it had been abandoned. It was not abandoned, Hobbit. It was not abandoned. Mm. It was guarded well and hidden in the icy rock of the mountains where the sun did not shine. We felt not the warmth on our skins. We saw our breath gather in front of our faces. I nary remember a thought of the inside of the place. She said, like, she just suddenly, like, snaps back as if she was just sort of lost for a moment. I, I must return to my work. Thank, thank you. Sorendir will bring you food shortly. She looks at her hands now that are bandaged. That pulses is on them. The wound. This is as if she's the first time seeing them and realize. Thank you. They hurt very, very little now. I must return. She starts kind of moving in, in kind of a. The natural grace of an elf does just. It's there, but it's hidden. It's almost mm-hmm. crone-like that she moves, like her slumped back, hunched over, shuffling a bit. She kneels down and begins tink, 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 getting back to her work. Just let her be. Yeah, at a certain point, Sorondir, you return. She seems lost and occupied. You find Gilly and Floy probably waiting outside for the food. Do you tell Sorondir about what she mentioned? She mentioned Balavan. She brought that up while yeah. he was gone. Gilly will bring that up. When we were speaking to her and we asked about the mission to Arthur and Gold, she mentioned that Balavan was looking for you. 
That's why he did not attend that mission. He... He was searching for me after the battle. Yeah. Thank you for letting me know. And Gilly will just nod. And while we were waiting for Soren Deer, um, Gilly takes the time to sketch that bear-like figure. Um, and some of like the the orcs with like the the winter armor. To yeah, we'll show say Arrenial. either you sketch it or you commit it enough to memory that you can later produce an accurate sketch. Yeah, yeah. And we'll say, I mean, a lot of this has been happening. We haven't been doing every one of these scenes necessarily in order. But we'll say you meet back up. There's a lot of things on your mind. As all of you are back in your quarters one evening, you know that your time in Forland is coming to an end. You've heard that the weather will be ripe for traveling over the next week or so. The other waylaid folks there were remember there were merchants here are getting ready to leave do you all make a decision at this point about where you plan to go next do you all have any kind of conversation or thoughts or agreement as to where the next uh, adventuring phase will lead us yeah i think we do maybe one not- one night after dinner, after any guests that have come to visit us had left, Gilly will pull out her book and be like, so I know Sorendir and I are in agreement of where we shall go, but are you also of accord? What are you referencing? Arthur and Gull. Yeah, I'm interested in that. Renil. Yes, I am also in agreement. Uh, we will give the lady our word that that is where we will go. Uh, Floy, are you no longer interested in traveling to the north of the Blue Mountains to see what treasure may be there? There are treasures there and there are no travelers there. I imagine the horde will be there for a while. Can always return. You all have my most sincere thanks. I understand that this puts your lives at risk for something that you you need not make this choice. And thank you. Kind of feels like it's been leading to this. every mishap or adventure that has taken us from our original path. Do you you not feel it too? I believe in many ways our original path was vague. We knew that there were things afoot for us 
to attend to long before we made your acquaintance, Soren dear. Everything that comes after feels all connected, Gilly, I agree. How do we fight an ice strike? With my axe, of course. And I think with that note of positivity and brashness, <laughs> I think we'll begin, I think we'll bring tonight's uh, session, today's session to a close, and we will start up on that journey and figure out the mechanics of that when we meet next time. Perfect. I'm excited and terrifying. An extraordinarily long journey, and we should talk about whether or not there are stops or anything you want to make, because it is a very, very long one. Uh, but I think that's where we'll end. Uh, very nice. All. Soren Deer is awesome. stealing the checkerboard, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so ridiculous. Oh, goodness. All right. So uh, let's see. What do we want? Okay. Just checking out a few things. All right. So what are we doing next? Uh, a couple quick announcements. Um, as far as the show goes, we'll be back next Saturday. Uh, but if you haven't heard, we have started to release this in uh, podcast format, audio podcast format. Uh, it's a little behind the main show right now. We eventually will catch up. We're up through uh, episode 15. I'll be dropping three more next week. So we'll get up through episode 18 or so next week. Uh, but if you just search for The Waking of Angmar, wherever you get your podcast, you should be able to find this. It's its own separate feed. Uh, we have a separate feed up as well for Adventures and Lollygagging that has a few other games. If you're curious, uh, as we're going to start converting a lot of our stream games uh especially the popular ones uh over into audio format for those that uh, can't be with us when we stream or uh, can't watch youtube at work or something like that and you want to listen on your on your phones or whatever uh so uh so go ahead and check that out uh in terms of upcoming games uh this monday uh, we got deadlands so you can see melissa and i playing in that it's playing our weird west game uh next friday we'll be back to hunter the reckoning uh, that is uh, that is our World of Darkness game that we're having a lot of fun with. And then we'll be back, obviously, a week from today uh, to see uh, the start of this journey. But we have something else coming up that we haven't really announced. But uh, I'm going to let Steven explain what the hell is about to be going down on this channel. <laughs> hey, so I'm super excited about this. Jeff is so uh, very kind to let me uh, run a game here uh, with him as a player to be tortured in. Uh, I will be running Haunted West by Darker Hue Stu Studios. Uh, it's a really cool kind of Call of Cthulhu in the Old West style game. A uh, little bit of horror, a little bit of action. Should be a lot of fun. We're going to be starting on the 20th, just about two weeks from now. Uh, I love the horror genre and the Western genre. I, I grew up in a house where like Little House on the Prairie and Gunsmoke were running like 24-7. They were all my dad watched. Uh, so this is near and dear to my heart. I'm super excited to be running it. Uh, we'll have a couple new faces. We'll have a couple familiar faces. Uh, Ashley will be in our first arc and, uh, we got two new players coming and, uh, in, if we do multiple arcs, we might have a couple new faces, shake things up with the cast. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. I'm super excited for it. Yeah. And it's going to be on Tuesday. So if you're like, what the heck day is the September 20th or whatever, it's going to be on Tuesdays and Sorry. it's going to be weekly. So it's like. 
So we've got Monday, Tuesday. So we'll be moving to Monday night, Tuesday night, uh, Friday nights, and then Saturday afternoons is when our, we'll have our streaming games. Uh, very excited for that. Yay! Uh, I'm Me sure too. my character will die a horrible death. <laughs> if I'm uh, doing it right. Because <laughs> that's how it's supposed to work. Uh, so yeah. Uh, so yeah, we really do appreciate it in all honesty. Uh, Steven's been, it's been awesome to have Steven on the channel as, as a player. It's a shame that this is going to take him off the wondering game and off the other games. Is, but, no, I'm just teasing. No, that's true. Uh, <laughs> but Steven's been, been awesome. It's been fun having you here. And it's very exciting to have somebody else. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's, he's not going anywhere. He's just running a game for us. It's very, very exciting. Um, and all I can Rivalry say is the game masters for the, well, come on, come on. <laughs> Now, 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 we're all friends here. We're all friends here. We're all friends here. I love you, John. (laughs) But the thing is, Steven's been on the channel for a couple months and he's already (laughs) running the game. A few of you have been on this damn channel for a couple years. I saw where this was going. (laughs) Y'all ain't done nothing. All I remember is Long ran a one shot several years ago in person where he drew Uh the maps on like the bag of a Domino's pizza box or something. I can't remember that. Remember that? It was so (laughs) much cardboard. Yeah. It was something like that. Yeah. I like to remember it as a Domino's pizza box. It was a lot of fun. And I got to play. It was great. That was the, where I introduced my Sipowitz character. It was great. All right. Anyhow. uh, So, so come check that out. We'll, we'll remind you a bunch of times over the next couple of weeks uh, as we lead up into it. We also have another game that we're going to be announcing, but we'll, we'll wait a couple of weeks to, to do that as that's going to slight wrinkle in the schedule uh, for October, but we'll announce it when we get closer to October. Uh, But that's about it for now. Uh, We're going to go ahead and raid some folks. Uh, Let's go ahead and raid the boys from the Baltic star who are playing some Troika. Uh, so if you can go ahead and uh, when the raid pops up, go ahead and uh, come with us, please be nice. Follow them other people. Uh, I'm sure they're nice people as well. Uh, thank you for everyone who hung out tonight. Thank you for those of you who threw out some bits. Thank you for those of you who are watching this later on YouTube or in the distant future, listening to this uh, in podcast format. It's been a lot of fun, um, but we'll catch you later. Bye-bye. See you later. Bye. Bye.